we've been talking about the way. And uh, I, I, I read a, a scripture, not a scripture, but a, a poll to you a while back. Gallup just recently released a poll that showed that people who confess Christianity, now I'm just talking about people who confess Christianity, in the United States for the first time since they've been doing these polls has dropped below 50%. Um, people who claim to be agnostic or atheist has increased by about 2%. Uh, people who uh, attend, who say they attend a, a church service or a religious service uh, regularly, I've, it's decreased by I don't know how much. Um, but the interesting thing, and I've said this every week since we've been in this series, the interesting thing in it is those who say that they pray often has actually increased. So what then is the difference between confessing Christianity and attending church is on the low, is going down, but people who pray is going up. So it tells me there's a disconnect somewhere between what people feel in their hearts and that they're willing to talk to God, but not willing to connect into a local body. And that's why, and I had to ask myself why, Bill? And so when we begin to look at this, uh, so many people could say so many different things like, well, I wish I was there. If I was there, but folks, you got to realize we're still there. The church has not changed. The body, the way of Christ, remember the early church wasn't called Christian. Christian was actually a slur term in the beginning. And after, it, it, sometime between the second and fourth century, they began to claim it as their own to say it means Christ-like or follow of Christ, when actually they were called the way. Maybe, just maybe, that our gatherings don't look like gatherings of old. You know? Maybe we just don't look like, so I've made this statement every week and I'm going to continue to make it until I'm done. And it's a, just a real quick bit of what we believe. Okay? Now this is not an official belief statement. This is just what we believe. We believe in signs and wonders and miracles of God. We believe that they are for today, that they are needed today. And when people say, well, I just don't believe that stuff is needed today. But if it was needed back in the day when you wanna go back and see the early church and they did these things to win and change a world, then why in the world are we today as followers of Jesus not doing the same? Come on. We believe in absolutely third heaven experiences. God wants to show you heaven. Come on. This is where people usually go, oh Lord, freaks. <laughs> Paul said, I knew a man whether in the spirit or out of the spirit, I don't know, but he was caught into the third heaven. Well, if God wanted to do it for Paul, guess what? He wants to do it for Karen too. Amen. He, wants, he wants to do it for Denise. John said he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and, her, and a voice came from heaven and God said, come up here. It was an invitation to walk into the third heaven, the realm of God. God wants his believers to be able to see. We can never see things from a throne room view if we're never willing to get into the throne. Amen. Well, what do you mean get into the throne? Ephesians tells you that you've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. That is your seat. The throne of heaven is your seat that God is not afraid to share with you. 
I have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. We believe in visions. We believe in prophetic words. We believe that every believer is a minister. Come on. Every believer. It doesn't matter if you stand up and preach up here or not. You're still a minister of the gospel. You're still a minister of the goodness and the greatness of God. We believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. It's modern Christianity. It should have never changed. We believe it's okay to dance. We believe it's okay to worship. You know, there's nothing done me better today than to see people just start to move up front. Thank God. Get out of your seat. Move a little bit. (laughs) You're welcome. It's here for you. So this is what we believe. It's okay to even roll on the floor if you want to roll on the floor. Just get beside yourself and worship a little bit. This is part of the early church. (laughs) We believe in the absolute intoxicating presence of God in our lives. I'm talking about so intoxicating that joy is just the result of being in a relationship with God. So intoxicating. Remember when they were in in the upper room? The word says there came a sound like a mighty rushing wind, cloven tongues of fire appeared on all of them and they thought they were drunk. Maybe we just not served the right spirit. Oh, you know, those spirits. How about the Spirit of God? Just to take a big old drink of that. So, I thought this week, when I went through and I knew I'd be leading worship, I began to say, okay, Holy Spirit, how is it? I want our worship time, our praise time to bleed over into the message. I want it to look like one solid thing. And so the first place he took me was Hebrews chapter, uh, yes, the one on the screen. (laughs) I'm struggling still. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Um, He said, through him, therefore, let us, I love how the Amplified Classic says this, let us, how often? Constantly and at all times, not just in the good times, not just in the bad time, not, not just when everything's going great and everything's fine. He said, but let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. There was an instruction to the Hebrews in the churches. The writer says, constantly at all times offer up to God sacrifices of praise. Do you know why it's called a sacrifice of praise? Because sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes it's just like, remember the old old commercials, time to make the donuts. I know you don't, you don't, and a few of y'all back there don't. He rolls out of bed. That's how we go to church. That's how we do our gatherings. We come in, let's do our Christian duty. Let's go spend our few minutes. But see, no wonder the church is in decline. It's because the people who represent it act like it's a chore to be here. So if it's a chore to you today, next week when we come back, I want you to remember, remember this scripture. Let us constantly and at all times offer up to God 
a sacrifice. I don't feel like praising God today. It, it doesn't matter. It's a sacrifice. Well, I don't feel like raising my hand. It's a sacrifice. I don't feel like shouting. It's a sacrifice. Maybe. Oh, don't do that. Oh. Lord, I'm God, you about knocked me out. It's a sacrifice of praise. Well, that's just not my personality. We're going to talk about all this stuff over the next two weeks. Over the next two weeks, this is what we're going to talk about is praise. The way of praise. So, so this is what he told to the, to the Hebrews who are in the churches of the New Testament. He said, continually and at all times, offer to God sacrifices of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. It means your lips should be producing something when you come in here. God knows my heart. That's funny, but he says out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does something. Uh-oh. Try it over here. If it's in your heart, guess where it's got to come out? It's got to come out your mouth. Out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. He said, let us offer unto God continually and at all times the sacrifice of praise, which is the produce which is the production of our lips. Uh, that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Go to Hebrews 2. He, he, Hebrews 2 verse 12. Yeah, absolutely. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of of the church, I, or will I, sing praises or praise unto thee. So where should praise happen? Well, first off, it should happen everywhere in your life because you're always at church. You are church. This is not church. This is a gathering place of the church. See, this is where we've got it wrong. We think we've only go to church when we show up here. <laughs> You are church. This is just the gathering place of the church. And he said, so I will declare your word or, or declare your name in the midst of my brother. In the midst of the church, I will sing praises unto thee. In the midst of the church. Well, I wanted to know what, I want to see what that, old, that early church was. Well, this was instruction to the Hebrews who were in the early church. Go to Romans chapter 15. Ugh. Maybe. Have you ever, I, I've, went, I've been to those places where it's this all the time. Joking. Now this, this was a joke told to my wife. Okay, this was a joke. I'm not downing this pastor. But we were at a church of a different denomination one time who don't believe exactly like we do. And uh, we walked into the church, Dan, and the, the pastor who was a very, 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 very close to me walks up to Dan and she said, listen, he said, listen, I know you're Pentecostal. <laughs> he said, if you raise one hand, you're okay, but if you raise two hand, you're out of order. <laughs> it was a joke. 
It was a joke. He didn't really believe that. But I've been in places, Denise, where that seemed to be the reality. Where I'd be afraid to raise my hand. I'd be afraid to do this. I'd be afraid to do that, you know. (laughs) But folks, when did the church become that way? When did it become lifeless? When did it become dead? When did it, well, God knows my heart. But the heart should produce something out of the mouth. The heart should produce something out of the lips. It should cause a a reaction. Because what happens in here should come out here. And whenever the church decided it was going to get quiet was when the whole thing began to change. You began to get unruly. You began to get, we began to tell people it's got to be in order. Everything's got to be straight and in order. And I'm not talking about chaos in the church. But when we decided that worshiping, that praising, that shouting, that running, that dancing, that flipping and flopping. Do you know that there are are signs? There are documented proof in the early church. I can't remember her name. Uh, she She was a nun. She actually climbed walls. Like Spider-Man. <laughs> well, now I don't believe that's God. <laughs> There's documented proof in the early church that they would levitate. That ministers would walk off stages. <laughs> You go to the Cane Ridge Revival? <laughs> there was a man who wrote something about the Cane Ridge Revival in Kentucky. <laughs> was it Cane Ridge? <laughs> he said, listen, he said, they were laughing, they were crying, they were shouting, they were shaking, they were quaking. He said, and it bothered him so bad that he ran for the hills. <laughs> When's the last time your worship drove somebody out of church? See, the problem is, is we've gotten so comfortable just being. Romans chapter 15, or is that where we're at? He says, and again, praise the Lord, all you who are not Jews, and let all the people of the earth, that means everybody. All means all, right? And let all the people of the earth raise their voices in praise to him. This is not an instruction for our worship not to even raise an eyebrow. Sometimes our worship, we, we couldn't get people to raise an eyebrow, Tanya. He said, raise your voice. Why? We can either lay down and be the quiet church or we can absolutely step over into the reality of praise, the way of praise, what he said to the Hebrews in the early church and understand that praise is part of the way. It is instructed to praise even in our gatherings. Go to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. You say, well, Brent, do you want it to look that way every week? I want it to look like how God wants it to look and I can't find anything else other than this is what he said. Well, I've never shouted a day in my life. I don't know why that's hard for people. I I used to teach high school and I taught a speech class and the very first day, and I've probably told this here before and if I did, just overlook me. 
The very first day, Denise, I took all the students outside. And I said, you got one assignment today. It'll be pass or fail. What's that? Scream. Just scream. That's as hard as the assignment was. Just scream. And I watched how people, how they struggled so badly to just raise their voice. I actually had one boy sit down on the guardrail and said, I'm not doing it. But what did he, go back to, go back, back up to that last scripture in Romans. This is, a, this is your instruction from God. It's in the Bible, so, so it's real, right? We believe the Bible. And again, praise the Lord, all you who are not Jews, and let all the people of the earth raise their voices in praise to him. When we come in here, this ought to, we should shake the rafters. We got good rafters. You can look up and see our rafters. Why are they not shaking? Because maybe we just aren't, that's just not my personality. This is our God. This ain't about my personality. All right, go to Luke. Luke 19. Verse 36 from the message. This is, Jesus had already sent his disciples to, to take a guy's uh, uh, cold off, a, off his porch. I'm so messed up. I'm really trying to talk here. And so Jesus, they, they throw their, their coats over, over this thing's back and Jesus is riding in, 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 into uh, Jerusalem for the triumphal entry. And he said, and as he rode, the people gave him a grand welcome, throwing their coats in the street. Now that's worship. Amen. They were in the presence of God, so they just started, see a coat was an expensive piece of object. They had robes under it, but if you had enough to cover yourself with something. <laughs> and they threw their coats into the street and right at the crest where Mount, the Mount, where Mount Olives begins its descent, look what it says, the whole crowd of disciples. Now this is not 12 people. All his disciples had gathered in this place. This is everybody who was in that city who was a follower of Christ. And all his disciples burst into enthusiastic praise uh, over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Now, let me ask you this. How many in here have seen God do big things? Well, where's our enthusiastic praise? <laughs> See, we'll do this right now, but I'm talking about next week when you've had the week Anybody ever had the week or the month? Hey, we're living in a place, this has been the last year and a half. But see, the problem is, is we forget what they remembered. They had witnessed all, back that up, Bob. 
He said, and they broke into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they have witnessed. All of you in here, most of you shook your head or raised, rose your hand. Raise, raise, rose. Anyhow, uh, your hand that you had seen God do some amazing things. Then if you can't figure out another way to just get beside yourself and lift a voice to God, remember what he's already done in the past, what you've already seen. He's the same God as he is right now and just because you might be going through it right now doesn't mean that he is not working ah. somebody having trouble breathing there's just a tightness in your chest somebody raise your hand if it's you all right Greg, you too? Bill, somebody put your hands on beside him. We've seen, see, this is what some, you, uh, Ruth's got him. If, you, if you're close to one of these people and you, you feel led, go to them right now. We're not in a hurry. <laughs> Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we praise you for your wonderful works. We praise you. You have done it in the past and you're going to do it again. We thank you that you are releasing healing over lungs all over this room right now. I thank you that alveoli open up. I thank you that surfactant is produced so the alveoli doesn't stick together. I thank you that lungs inhale, that they expand, that fibrosis must go in Jesus' name. I thank you for oxygen levels that are raising right now. Father, their oxygen levels get so, so high that they're almost high on it. And I speak to these lungs now in Jesus' name. Breathe normal. You are part of the body of Christ. You should function that way. Woo. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, if you notice the difference between now and after service, catch somebody. Testify to somebody. Tell them about it. So, the crowd of disciples began to burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Blessed is he who comes. <laughs> Blessed is he who comes, the king in God's name. Listen, all is well in heaven glory in the high places some Pharisees from the crowd told him teacher see this is, you know what the Pharisees are don't you they're the good old religious folk they were the ones who studied all the word but didn't recognize the word was standing in front of them mm -hmm. <laughs> So, the church told the ones who were having an experience with God, get your disciples under control. Get yourself under control. There's no point in acting like that. There's no point in doing that. There's no point in all that. You ever heard that one? I just don't see the point. Well, the point is, it ain't about you. It's about him. And so the Pharisees said, get Teacher, uh, get your disciples under control. 
And Jesus turns and responds to them this. If they keep quiet, the stones would do it for them. Shouting praise. Now, I want to see what the early church looked like. The early church wasn't quiet when they came to praise God. So what are we doing? See, we can judge every diff- we can judge all the different churches if we want to. Oh, they have lights and they have all this and it's become a big show. Maybe that's how You ever been in an airplane and had a thunderstorm or a lightning storm going on under you? Don't tell me God don't like a good light show. So who in the world are you to judge somebody else's light show on their stage? He puts it in the sky. I lived lived in Canada. You know what it's like to walk outside and see these big green bands of light going through the sky on a cold night? And you tell me God has a problem with people having a light show in their church when he decides he's just going to hang them out in the middle of the night. You ought to see them when they turn red. Hmm. Well, I just don't see any point in all that because you don't understand heaven. (laughs) Oh, glory. This is how I get myself in trouble. Their voices grew louder and louder and louder. So much it began to irritate the hearts of religious leaders. When's the last time that our worship, we was pushing it today. When's the last time our worship began to irritate the hearts of people so stuck in religion that they just say, oh, please be quiet. And so they began to, to just move into God and Jesus told them that if they don't, creation itself will begin to worship. There was a man by the name of Herman, and I am butchering this last name. Hoxima was his name. He said, praise ought to appear on our lips and in our hearts. We who understand his deliverance in the power of his resurrection, we who have tasted him, how should we be silent? Oh, taste and see that he is good. So this is a way of praise. This is a way of praise. The word praise means this, and it looks like they're having computer problems back there, so it would come up on your screen. So you just have to call me later or something. The word praise means to command, commend, not command, to commend, to applaud, to extol in words or song. The word praise means to magnify. It means to glorify on account, (coughs) excuse me, of the perfections and the excellence of work of another. See, that's what praise is. Praise is when we glorify on the account of just because they're so perfect and the works they did were so good. This is what praise is. It means to express gratitude for personal favors, to honor or to display the glory of. Folks, this is what we do. 
Praise and worship is not a time of 35, 40 minutes, 15 minutes. Let me tell you something. You do realize that worship doesn't have to be an hour long either. You get people with hearts right. Now, I get carried away. I could, Dan, I could stay in worship and just stay there all day, you know. Uh, but you know what? If you get a whole group of people who just decided, you know what, we're just going to cut loose. You can get it all done in about 10 minutes, <laughs> five minutes. It's not the length of time. It's the heart in this thing. And so the purpose of praise is to remember all of God's mighty works. That's the purpose of our praise. Um, back in Luke 19.37, it says right at the crest of Mount Olives where, the, where it's descent, the whole crowd disciples burst into enthusiastic praise. Why? At the mighty works they had witnessed. They burst into a loud response, Amy, not from what Jesus was doing now, but what he had already done. Maybe our praise has become based on what we think God will do right now and in the future rather than what he has already done. See, praise is not determined upon your present. It's not determined upon your future. Praise is determined upon his past and how he has already shown himself faithful. So if we would come in here with the mindset of what he's already done, maybe we would praise him a little different because nobody said we had to be quiet. I'm telling you, you take the same people out of a out of quiet church who say that's just not who I am, and you put them at a ball game. You put them at a cage fight. <laughs> you put them at a concert, and all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, the reserve become boisterous. They become obnoxious. <laughs> Everybody sat, everybody sat beside those people at ball games before, right? You don't believe me? Go to a hockey game in Canada. <laughs> Watch that. That's something to see. But, but see, we, we act differently. Why? Because somewhere somebody told us, in church, you can't do this. This is not the place for loudness. This is not the place for, for, for climbing the walls. This is not the place for laughing. This is not the place to, to just be acting like that. And, and, and so in church, we've, we've been taught that we have to come before the presence of God in awe and wonder. But who said awe and wonder had to be quiet? Now, there are times when the Holy Spirit falls that I don't want to say a word. I just want to lay down and just do nothing else. I'm just going to lay here. But then there's the rest of the time. <laughs> See, we've forgotten that our praise is based off of the past. Praise is based off of the past. Worship is based off your present. Well, why is it never the future? Because you're not there. Our future is glorious and our future is grand, so I can praise him for that and I can thank him for that, but I'm living here right now. Tomorrow, this will be the past. And so I'll praise him with enthusiastic, loud voice over what he did today. <laughs> See, the purpose of praise is not to think. They were bringing the Ark of the Covenant. It hadn't been in with God's people for a while and David wanted to bring it back. 
So the word says that he went to get the Ark of the Covenant and as he got the Ark of the Covenant, said 30,000 people went with him and they began to worship and they were dancing and they were praising. Why? Because the Ark represented the presence of God. Amen. Well, guess what? You are the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. You are the presence of God. He resides, you are the Ark. And, and it, should re oh, it should elicit a response. And so they begin to worship and they begin to praise and they begin to do all of these things. And, and, and the, the ark got a little tipsy. Dude reached out to, to steady it. It fell over. He fell over. Dead. Scared to people. So they put it in this man's house named Obed-Edom. Stored it in his house. And for three months, his house was unbelievably blessed because of the presence of God. <sighs> David hears about it and said, I'll need that back, in the, back in, the, in the city. And so they go to get it. And as they bring it, it says that every six paces, David offered a sacrifice. And he danced. And he got beside himself. Why? Because he knew he was in the presence of God. Amen. Now imagine that. Every six steps, he held a worship party. <laughs> so we're going to pick this up in 2 Samuel. Y'all know the story. He comes back into town, big, big party in Jerusalem. He's cutting off pieces of the sacrifices that he had given and everybody gets a, he was like Oprah that day. Everybody got a piece of meat. Everybody got a loaf of bread, raisins, and you know, they got one, you got one, everybody got one. So what's he do? He goes to his house and he tries to bless his wife. And she says, ooh, didn't you make a nice fool of yourself today? You looked all dignified out there. Because what the word says that when he danced, he twirled around and the ephod, the outer lining of, that he wore, it began to come up. <laughs> so I don't wear a kilt. I want one though. <laughs> and it said, as that blew up, she said, oh the, oh, the maid saw you. Everybody saw you. You sure look dignified. And we picked this up in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 21. And then David said to Michael, his wife, it was before the Lord. See, that's where our worship is anyhow. That's where our praise is anyhow. I really, can I say this? Please don't be offended at me. But Jeff... When I'm worshiping, I don't really care if you are or not. I had to say Jeff because he knows me. <laughs> you know why? Because this is me and God time. I know we're all here together, but no, this is between me and him. And I don't care what else is going on, that's his time. That's our time together. And David said, it was before the Lord, which chose me rather than thy father, and, and all his house and commanded me to, to be ruler over all the people of the Lord, even over Israel. And therefore I will play Amen. before the Lord. Amen. This is not a serious place. David said, I will play Amen. before God. Now, <laughs> so I looked up the word play. The word play there, it actually means to laugh, to celebrate, 
to rejoice, to dance, to sing, to spin, and to twirl in excitement. It means to bring a strong expression of celebration. You want to know what the early church looked like? Here's what it looked like. David said, I'm going to play before God. You see, our relationship with God is one of a father who just enjoys his children. And he says, come and let's play together. He said, come and let's play together. Let's laugh. Let's dance. Let's spin. Let's twirl around. Who cares if your shirt comes up a little bit? Who cares if you show a little bit of knee? (laughs) David didn't. (laughs) You just can't act like that in church. Why? That's what our father wants. Mm. Verse 22. Now, we have translated this over the years correctly, I might add, as undignified. But David said, and yet I will be more vile. That is actually a stronger word than undignified. He said, listen, you think I looked bad before? You ain't seen nothing yet. He said, I will look vile in people's eyes. He said, I, that means to debase oneself. He said, I will debase myself. You haven't even seen the depths of craziness I can get into when it comes to worship. That's what David's saying. He said, you've not even scratched the surface of how far I'll go. (laughs) He said, I will yet be more vile than thus and will be low in my own sight. And of the very same maidservants which thou have spoken of, shall I be honored. The purpose of praise is to remember all the good things that he's already done. The purpose is not the future. The purpose is the past. So what's the point? I'm glad Scott asked me that. Because the point of praise, and this is what people say, and I've had good-hearted people say it to me, Bob, I just don't see the point in all that. I had one friend, if he saw flags come out in church or banners, oh, he was mad. I'm going to march him. You know why? Because he didn't understand the point. The point of something is the direction you give it. Your car will go in the direction you point it. When I'm teaching my kids to drive, I say, look, you turn the wheel, It puts the front end going this way, and this car will only go in the direction you point it. So what's the direction of our praise when we come in here? Is it God bless me? I've had the week, God. I've had the month. I've had the year. So God bless me. And you know, that that mentality reflects in a lot of the songs we pick. They're a lot about me. And there's nothing saying I know what God has done for me and I know who God has done for me. But that's exactly why today when I picked those songs, I wanted the first three songs that we talked about to be nothing but directly to how good he is. How awesome he was. See, I intentionally brought us through. And then we had to remember because of how good he is, now reflects back on me. I'm no longer afraid. I don't have to fear because of who he is. You see, it all goes together. See, the point of it, and so what do I do when I come in here? The point of me acting the way I act is because I remember who he was. My point 
is always in the direction of the purpose. And the purpose is always a reminder of who he was. Luke chapter 19 again, verse 37 again. He says, and right at the crest where Mount Olives begins to its descent, the whole crowd of the disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over the mighty works that he has done. See, they pointed their worship toward the Messiah. I wonder sometimes if sometimes our worship's not pointed more at us than it is at him. Okay, not going into all that. We know. So what's the point? The point of my praise is I'm going to point it directly toward God because I know for a fact that he has destroyed the power of the enemy. If you don't know, Brent got up here and talked about it. I heard him when when he was walking off stage yelling, victory. That's the point. It's him. He has freed us from bondage of sin and he sits at the right hand of God. The point of praise is to bring about a confession of who God is and a confession of the finished work of the cross. And when we do that, it becomes easy just to praise him. It becomes easy to get beside of ourselves. It becomes easy to move in this. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, from the Passion Translation, he says, But you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings. A spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. And he did this so that you would do what? Broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For why? For at one time, see, for three songs, that's what we did. God, God, God. Last song, what he done for us. This part right here. For at one time, you were not God's people. But now you are. (laughs) At one time, you knew nothing about God's mercy. Because you haven't received it yet. But now, you are drenched in it. You're drenched with God's mercy. Worship, praise, this should come so easy for us. Because one time we were not there, one time we weren't there, now we are. Ephesians chapter 2. Worship time, praise time should look something totally different. What, you gonna get mad if we don't do it? No. You don't do it, that's on you, I don't care. Amen? This is not to push you into something. It's to tell you why of something. Ephesians chapter two, verse 12. You were without Christ. You were utter strangers to God's chosen community, the Jews. And you had no knowledge of or right to the promised agreements. You had nothing to look forward to and no God to whom you can turn. But now. See, the point of my praise is but now. Everybody say it. But now. But now. Through the blood of Christ, you who were once outside the pale are inside. Are with us inside. 
the circle of God's love and purpose. This is now who we are. So the purpose of my praise is remembering all the good he's done. The point of my praise is directing it to him and remembering what he's done in me and what he has made me and what he has changed me and what he has brought me into. I'm saying that you can praise. All right, last scripture. Romans chapter seven. And if I say last scripture, you know I'm probably lying, right? Thank God for grace. (laughs) Romans chapter four, verse seven. And here's what David says. What happy fulfillment is ahead of those whose rebellion has been forgiven. You know why it's easy? Because my rebellion is already forgiven. Even my future rebellion is forgiven. Whose sins are covered by the blood. What happy progress comes to them when they hear the Lord speak over them. I will never hold your sins against you. Now, if you're reading it out of King James Version, he said, for your sins, I will not impute. That word impute means to not hold. So what's God saying? Why is worship so easy? Why is it so easy just to jump in there? Because I ain't going to hell. <laughs> that my, my rebellion's already forgiven. My sins have already been covered by the blood. Why is it so easy to praise? It's because I, when, when I can run because he's already done these things. I can dance because he's already done. See, a, 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 a once, who was once a slave, when they find freedom, they don't act like a slave anymore. Amen. What the church has done, and I'm going to close with this, is we've taken the liberty that Christ has given us and we've put people in chains of religion. So where there was freedom, there's still bondage. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So free to what? I'm free to come in here and act a fool if I want to. And guarantee you, Brent, I'm going to. I'm free to run, as the song says. I'm free to dance. I'm free. I'm free. I'm, I, 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 my life's better than Pinocchio's. I got no strings. So hold me down. You're completely free. The Christ that we serve has came in and removed the bondage of your rebellion, has removed the bondage of your sin. And I tell you what, oh, he knows my heart. Then out of the abundance of the heart, produce of the lip has to come forward. Amen. Amen. Maybe if, we, if our church looked like that, maybe things would be a little bit different for us. So that's the point of praise. That's the purpose of praise. I want to continue praise next week because just got too much to put in into one. 
Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. I thank you that you're a good God doing great and wonderful and mighty, magnificent and holy and righteous just things for us. I thank you, Father, that you have forgiven our rebellion. I thank you that our sins have always been covered. I thank you that you have wiped out the transgressions of our past. I thank you, Father, that you have set us free completely and now we are free indeed. I thank you, Father, that we will come in and we will praise from a place of a people that remembers who they are in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.